0: Welcome to People's Church Podcast. Most of the time, people don't have a problem in achieving goals. The biggest problem that we have is in setting goals. We often don't set them. We think about them, we toss them around, but we really don't set those goals. God is into forward movement He always has moved forward. No matter how bad things are, he's always got a plan through it, out of it, forward. He never parks it. God is never in park when it comes to his purpose and his plan in your life or anybody's life or in his church or in his work in the world. God is always moving it forward. So it's really easy to get out of step with God because a lot of our life is focused on not moving forward. We tend to not want to be too risky. Uh, risky in our decisions. We get a little risk adverse and we pull back from forward movement. Neutral is a bad position. It's a bad position because you have all the energy that you had has to be used to gain more. And if it's sitting, it's not gaining more. It's like money sitting in the bank and it's not getting any interest. And if you have it invested, then you don't have anything going forward with those funds. They're neutral. And in essence, by being in neutral, they're in reverse because inflation keeps eating away at what you got sitting in there already. In life, it's much the same. In relationships, much the same. We end up with them in neutral and we wonder why they're just kind of dying. We haven't done anything negative to kill it. Our economics, well, you know, we haven't really done anything bad or made great decisions, but we're not where we want to be. I mean, these are reasons of neutral where energy has meant to build on itself. Life is an investment, it's forward movement. And that's where we've been focusing last week and then to this week. Last week we talked about entitlement being just the worst thing in the world for forward movement, for building anything in life. When you look to the exterior of everything to achieve your goals and take your life somewhere, look after you, then you are really killing any kind of initiative building or building of anything in life. This week, I want to just move away from that into this. You need to be doing something with what you already have. You've already got some pretty great things in your life and some opportunities, but we are not taking those small steps because we never really set goals. We thought about them. We've even talked about them. If you're married, maybe back and forth, you've talked about some goals, uh, and you thought, well, gee, it'd be nice if we, you gotta set it. Setting the goals is a commitment part of the phase. And then it's gonna take a whole lot of things to go there. We can take a long time to get to the commitment windows of our life and make those commitments simply because of fear. And we've paid attention to that a little bit in the music and in the videos this morning. It's really easy to just stay in neutral. Neutral is where the bulk of people will live. Jesus talked about that, uh, the two doors, and we brought that in last week. That broad door, the big door, the broad path, that's the comfortable way. That's the way that doesn't seem to cost you. It's just sitting in the bank. It's not gaining anything. That is how a lot of life gets wasted. And there's so much great in you. There's so much great potentials just around you. There really is, this isn't just words. There truly is great potentials around you to make a difference in your life, the lives of people that you touch each and every day, and the the lives that you're building together with people. What an amazing opportunity you've got. You can pretty much right side any kind of problem that your ship is experiencing right now. Some of you might be in some economically troubled waters and you're wondering how do we get out of this? What do we do? Well, the first thing is you have to begin to move towards actually setting goals. You can't just talk about it. You can't just even think about it. It's gotta actually get set. And when something is set, you got the plane ticket. You're on your way, you're gonna go. Well. You used to know you could go. Sometimes it gets canceled today and you have to do all that kind of stuff. But Let's say this plane is on time and it's gonna take off. Once you have that ticket, because you set the goal, you've got a journey and you've got a destination. You need destinations in life. We all think destination. By the way, what is your destination for lunch today? Home, somewhere else? What is your destination? What is the goal you've got just for today? You going to watch the football this afternoon, catch a nap on the couch? So what are you going to do? Are you going to finish up some of that yard work while the snow's still holding off? What's your goal today? What are you going to do? You can think about it. How many here have thought about yard work and never done it? <laughs> All right. How many here, let's on a more serious model, thought about apologizing, but never apologizing, but never did it. Yeah, OK. See, we have a good way to think about things, and then we actually don't do it. And that is how life often just it doesn't seem like we're doing a lot wrong, and you probably aren't other than you're in neutral. You're not taking what you got somewhere. Life needs to be lived out of goals. If you get rid of entitlement and start taking the ownership of your life and your own responsibility and you don't expect everybody to take care of you and that you are somehow special amongst everybody else and they need to look after you, if you get rid of that and you start grabbing a hold of what God has already gifted you with and then commit to it and then look to his leadership, you've got some some things you can really turn around. So we want to talk about how to establish a clear end game today. Fresh Hope is the overall title. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about the fruits of your life and begin the last two weeks on this particular fall intensive. This uh, week, Wednesday, we will be diving deeper in this particular thing about goal setting and forward movement in your life. So let's just dive in a little bit. There's a great scripture. It was one of my favorites. In fact, it went in the yearbook in one of my college years. And it was uh, this one, Hebrews 11:6. Without faith... It is impossible to please God for he that cometh to God must first believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently, I love love that word, diligently, diligently seek him, diligently, diligently seek him, Uh, diligently. Don't you you people like, if you have co-workers that are diligent, how many here like working with co-workers that are not diligent? How many, you just love it. Can hardly wait to get to work and watch them not work. That's great. Yeah, look at that. Boy, that was a great way to get out of that. That was awesome, you know. Diligence is something where we know we are in an application format. We are applying our energies towards something. So it's an application. Diligence, doing anything diligently is what we will often call the work ethic. We just, just, that person has a great work ethic. In sport, uh, what coaches are often looking for is not just talent alone. They're looking for also work ethic because talent without work ethic is... Ooh, not very good at all, actually. It can really be a spoiler for the whole team. But if you've got work ethic and not, 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 uh, you know, maybe not peaking in talent, that can really pick a whole team up because people look at the work effort and say, wow, that person's just playing above their heads. It's an interesting line, isn't it? Above their heads. They're playing above their heads. That team just played above their heads. The Oilers are not playing above their heads right now. But I have a prediction. They're breaking out. Sometime in the future. I'm not committing. No, they're going to break out. They play today, don't they, later on? Do they? Tomorrow. Okay. Darn, I had it for today. Okay. So they're going to break out tomorrow. You watch. You watch. Gagne back. He's back. Mr. Sparkplug. There you go. When we understand how valuable diligence and work ethic is, we can start turning things around. You know, what does faith have to do with that? Well, faith is diligent. He says, if they diligently seek me, God loves your work ethic. Are you working your faith? Do you have goals that work your faith? Goals for today? Goals for this week? Maybe big goals, like life goals. Like, do you you have that kind of hold of what faith and how practical it really is that it's a there's a diligence required from from you to bring what faith can into your life into your family into your finance it's very critical that we understand that diligence the work ethic is core and so how do you begin to establish clear end games well to set goals, you have to actually, here's how you start setting goals. You've got to ask the right questions to set goals. You have to ask the right questions. And that's for, that's for an individual. By the way, that's for teams. That's for business. That's for anything. You, you, churches. You, gotta you got to set goals. You've got to ask the right questions to set goals. Now, we're going to refer to a story. The entire story is found in Genesis 24. It is called the success chapter of the Bible because success is mentioned five times, I believe, in that particular chapter. And it's a story about Abraham... Uh, making a decision and sending his servant Eliezer who runs the household. He's like the chief executive officer of the business and the household. He sends him on a journey to find a wife for his son Isaac. And in, in, in this we find incredible questions and principles about setting goals and then being out there to achieve goals, reaching them. Let's start with this. Here's a great question for starting down that path. Where am I now and what would I like to change? I want you to take something right now in your mind. Maybe it might be something like hard, hard, hard kind of a data like a finance thing in your life. It might be a relational thing. You begin always to set a goal by an evaluation of your current condition saying here's where we are at in this relationship. We've got some really good basics going, but right now in our relationship, we're just too driven by outside matters to actually deal with inside matters. So we need, okay. Where are you at? You have to assess. In our finances, you know, we're okay, but we're not getting ahead. We don't have anything that's really pushing us down the road on this. So we really need to get our minds together and we need to come up with a plan and set a goal. Neutral kills. Goals bring you forward. It's not goals just in the way that the world puts at it. And they look at goals as sort of, this is the way you measure the content of your life. The content of your life is your relationship as a Christian, is a relationship with God, the first commandment. Love the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. By the way, that can break down into goals into your life. That's an overall objective. Now, what are the goals? Well, the goals is to, for my love for God to be shown To be shown at work. And here's how it can be shown at work. Here's how it can be shown in my family. Here's how it can be shown to strangers on the street. The love of God. So, but that's an objective. A goal is how do I get there? What am I going to do? What actions do I take? So I start with this very simply. Where am I now? Good, there's some good. And then there's big gaps. There's things, it's got to be different. Maybe that's relationally Maybe that's financial. Maybe it's health. Maybe you want to drop some few pounds. Maybe you want to pick up a few pounds. I know a few people around you. You guys need to eat. <laughs> and, and I have a list of junk food for you that will definitely improve your skeletal formation right now. There is there's, there's simplicity to it, but the complexity is all of the emotional data around that. Often we don't want to look at where we are right now. Have you ever noticed that? How many here love opening bills? We don't want to look at the data. We want to avoid the data. Let's not look at the data. You know, and certainly don't go seek it. So the idea of this avoidance simply is a fear-based response to things. I just don't want to see it. If I ignore it, it'll go away. No, that's neutral. It's just sitting there and it's losing strength and value. So you gotta deal with it. So where am I now? And, and this one, what would I like to change? Okay, right now, just in your relationship, let's just deal with some, something that is really core to all of this relational world. Uh, you might be in need of a friend. I'm serious. Do you know that right now they're calling, and I'm sure you've read a lot of the same articles and studies and all of that. Loneliness is epidemic and it is increasing. It, the loneliness factor of people is huge right now. Loneliness, not being alone. We're not talking about being alone. There's time to be alone. But loneliness is different, isn't it? Loneliness is where the gap relationally, that connection's not there. And we don't have that kind of comfort level with people where we can be ourselves and experience other people in the same way. And we have this uh, comfort zone where we're appreciated and valued and there's somebody that actually likes to be in our space and I like to be in their space. And some of you are really suffering in that area. Sometimes you as couples. Loneliness is is something you may wanna change. And you've never thought about it in breaking it down into goals. Why not? Why not? If you wait for it to just happen, you know, just sorta like happen? You know what I mean, just happen? Abraham in this story, his son, he wants to go find a wife. Now this is a different culture, different time. He wants to go find a wife for his son And he's got a very particular shopping list, okay? And the shopping list includes, you don't get a woman from the Canaanite people that worship all these other idols and do all these brutal kind of things around us. What I want you to do is go back to my old homeland. I want you to find a really, you know, a lady that really would fit the situation. So I'm going to send you, Elias, or back over there to find this woman. What's he doing? He's saying... I'm old, I'm getting old. I got to get this done. He's got to have a solid mate because he's going to carry all of the promises of God forward that God has for me and for my family. So he gets about business to get it done. And he wants change in this. And he knows specifically what he wants. In relational world, that you need to get strategic, you need to take greater risk. You need to, you know, get out of your own comfort zone instead of trying to find people that fit your, would you hear this math? Hear this math, please. Get out of trying to find people to fit your comfort zone. Did you catch that? That's a lousy strategy. Because your comfort zone is a very narrow comfort zone, narrow band. You need to be willing to build relationships to get into other people's comfort zone and experience that you need to be looking outside your own little comfort zone and say find me somebody that fits this go fit go move out there take the risk you'll find your life growing you'll find your comfort zone expanding because what is your comfort zone based on it's not really based on your personality folks don't kid yourself. It's based on fear. They won't like me. And if they don't like me, I'm the only thing I got. When you show love, Jesus said, he always talked about the initiative. You know the second commandment, the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Does not say, when your neighbor loves you, you need to love them as they have loved you. He didn't do that, wouldn't that be strange? And yet everybody is trying to do relationships on that basis. If they love me, I'll love them. They love me, like we get along, we got the same things, you know. You know? They're not a Flames fan, they're an Oilers fan. Some of you that are a Calgary Flames fan. Who's a Calgary Flame, Flames fan out there? That's what I thought, oh one. No, two, be proud, be proud, okay. Another Calgary, oh, one back over here. There. See, they like to hide at first, see. (laughs) If you ever go to one of the arenas, my wife, when she was there with uh, Pastor Dale over here with their youth group some years back, way back, she almost caused fights. Because she's cheering and these Calgary Flames fans were right there and she was right in their face, I'm telling you. So don't mess with her. When it comes to relationships, you've gotta move into other people's world instead of thinking, how do I find people that fit mine? Wrong. You're not hiring somebody in your business. You're finding somebody different than you. You're finding somebody that you can actually go on an adventure of learning. Loneliness is, is, is a crucial thing that will really hurt you today. But the way out is goals. you got to set some goals. This month, I am going to force myself to meet some people. This month, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and I'm just going to go and meet some people. At church here, how many here would like to meet some more people? You'd like to meet some more people. To be honest, would you like to meet some more? How many here does not want to meet another person in the rest of their life? Okay, we're going to book you with Pastor Bob for counseling. (laughs) Of course we want to meet people. So when it comes to your relational role, you got to move. What's movement? Goals. It's strategy. It doesn't just happen. It's not going to just happen. I guarantee you. So where am I right now? What would I like to change? All right, verse one, Abraham was now old and well advanced in years and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He's looking at his life at the very beginning of this story and he says, man, has God blessed me. It's amazing what he has done. He's called me out of this place over here and brought me here, give me these promises. They're amazing. These nations are gonna come. Israel came, comes out of Abraham as through Isaac, the key nation that Jesus is gonna come through. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. And Abraham, he's looking at it. He's doing an inventory. Where am I now? There's still one more change. i got to get my son the right wife. It's got to work. It's got to it's be somebody of this kind of faith and content. So, here's another question. What do I want to be? What do I want to do? What do I want to have? He knew. I don't want a woman from the Canaanite tribes. Not for my son. I know where she has to come from. That's what he wanted. He understood how important that choice was going to be to the plan of God and purpose of God in his generations. Verse 2 to 4, just a little excerpt from there. It says, go to my country. He's talking to his servant, Eliezer, and he says, go to my country and my own relative and get a wife for my son Isaac. He's specific. Another question, what promises must I claim? You say promises. Well, I promise you this, that if you're going to have a diligence in faith, God will work in your faith. So if you get diligent in faith and you start reaching out out of the loneliness bubbles and you start making some kind of contact going into other people's zones and you start living a little more risk, you're going to find that God is going to answer that by leading you and leading people to you. God is very concerned with your relational life. It probably needs a little more health than what you have right now. And you might not think that's important to him. It's critical to him. And Abraham recognized that for his, his son's wife. And so he claimed this in verse seven, the Lord spoke to me and promised me saying, to your offspring, I will give this land. He's saying, there's a lot riding on this choice. I mean, God said, my offspring, Isaac. He's given the land to me, it's gonna go to Isaac. He's gonna see the more realization. Jacob's gonna see more realization. Gotta get this right. So he claims the promise. He's saying, You said, Lord, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a land to my offspring. So this choice about the wife was very important. What is the reward? Another question to ask yourself. You see, you need motivation. What's the reward if you break out of your bubbles? What's the reward if you take charge uh, in a way of actually committing into goals in your finances? What would be the reward? What would be the reward? What would be the reward in your health if you decided to actually do it, made it a commitment, and started to walk that out with goals? What would that actually achieve for you? What is the reward? In verse seven, in the second half, it says, so that you can get a wife for my son. The, the reward was he would get a wife for his son. He believed God would lead this whole process and the achievement would be done. The, the woman would be found, <clears throat> this very important person upon which the pillars of God's promises are going to stand is going to be found and his son is going to have that lifetime partner. It's really interesting, you know, it's a real great love thing. It, uh, you can read it anyway, not into that kind of stuff much, but anyway. Ask the right questions. Another one is if you're going to reach goals, ask the right questions to reach goals. You have to ask the right questions to set goals. you got to ask the right questions to reach goals. Two different sets. you got to set them. We went over what you can do to set them. But then you got to ask yourself the right bunch of questions so that you can actually now reach them. In reaching goals... You must first start with this. Why don't I have this already? Am I praying for my goals? Am I praying for my goals? Why don't I have it already? Have I made it a matter of faith? Have I gotten serious about it so that I'm actually praying about it? Have you ever, have you guys, you know, maybe you're a married couple here, have you sat down and prayed about your financial goals? I mean, prayed about them. Not just generally like, you know, Lord, let your blessing be upon. I mean, God, we're setting a goal this month to uh, pay down this much debt. We are setting that goal. We've taken a look where we're at. We got a good idea about what we think we can achieve in this month. And we are committing and making a goal this month, next 30 days. We are going to get there. Now to reach that goal, here's where you start. Prayer. You say, Lord, help us. Let your hand be upon this goal because we know that we need you to achieve these goals. This isn't just human discipline. Father, we need your presence and power. We need your encouragement. We need that which is going to come and facilitate the achievement of this goal. Prayers. Sometimes we're praying so generally, it's good for nothing. That's not diligent faith. Diligent faith takes on specific things. And it says, here is what we are praying for, specifically. Next 30 days, I'm gonna break out of my bubble. I'm gonna meet at least two or three people I've never met before, and I'm gonna seek to actually Uh, open up my life and maybe go their way a little bit and find out what their interests are and see if I can jump into a shared interest. Help me, Lord. Help me to do it. Give me the courage to go over the risk-adverse mentality I have in this bubble Am I praying for my goals? And then why don't I have them already? Well, there are going to be barriers. Barriers. To any goal setting, on the thing that said, you just take the next step and then they had the mountains. I mean, a mountain climbs a mountain climb. There's lots of little steps, lots of little steps. Because there's lots of barriers to get over. And you're not going to be able to take one running leap and jump completely over the barrier. God made you a mountain climber, not a a mountain, whatever you would call that avoider. Take it in steps. What are the barriers? What are your problems? How do I intend to get there? How do I intend to get there? What is my plan? In Abraham's case, he's given it to Elazar. Elazar says, oh, I'm going to go there and I'm going to take a bunch of wealth with me. I'm going to take 10 camels and I'm going to take some gold and silver and I'm going to take some really expensive kind of gifts and I'm going to be prepared with all of this for whatever I meet. And as he's approaching the hometown that he's been sent to, he, uh, he's coming in in an evening And uh, that's when all the ladies would come out and draw water. So they're out coming and drawing water, and he's pulling up with ten camels. Remember how many? Ten camels. By the way, do you know how much a camel can drink? (laughs) Gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons. One camel. That's multiply that by ten. You get the idea. He's pulling up. There's a young lady comes out. Says that she was very beautiful name is Rebecca. And he sees her and he says, would you draw me a drink of water? Because he's got a plan. Do you know what his plan was? He had been praying to the Lord earlier and he said, Lord, here's how it's going to come down. That I'll know she's the one. I got to know it's you. You got to know that you're the one that's providing this, that you're the one that's putting your hand on this lady for, for this joining with, with Abraham's son. So here's how it's going to come down. I'm gonna ask for a drink of water. And, and she's going, she's gonna offer me a drink of water, but not just at that, she's gonna go above and beyond and she is gonna to offer to water all these camels, which is normally a big servant's job. So Rebecca comes along, he asks for water, she says yeah. And then she voluntarily, he doesn't ask, she voluntarily says, oh, no problem. And I'll, I'll water your camels too. Okay. What that is like today is, yeah, guys, I'll, I'll fill your tank with gas and I'll fill your toys with gas and I'll... You're looking for somebody with Character. And that's what he found in this lady. Voluntarily exposing who she really was in one simple test. And what is it? A servanthood test. A test of the heart to know whether they have in their heart the ability to serve. Because if you're going to be a great leader, if you're going to be great in what you do, a great dad, a great mom, a great business person, a great friend, if you're going to be that, you have to be a servant. A servant that doesn't first consider your own interests. It wasn't in her interest to give him water or to feed his camel, certainly. She was there to do what they always did, bring some water back for the household for the evening. What an amazing test. What a wise man, Alazar was. He understood how to understand this lady, what his expectations were. How do I intend to get there? He had a plan. He knew how to spot the winner. And he did. Another question. What discipline changes will be needed? I'm gonna give you four areas of discipline changes that you will need. It's not on your notes, you have to write it in the sidelines. You ready? You're gonna need discipline in your decisions. Eliezer shows this if you read the story, you're gonna find that he had great discipline in his decisions. He had predecided what this plan would be, and he stuck with this plan. And he made the decisions to facilitate it. Another thing you're gonna to have to discipline is your appetites. Your appetites, which are usually around your own comfort, the body's always interested in its own comfort first. You're going to have to discipline your appetites. But I don't feel like what, you know, that, that, look. If you're over nine years old, I hope you've left that uh, behind you a lot. I don't feel like it. Clean your room. I don't feel like. Take out the garbage. I don't feel like. It. Eat the chocolate bar. I feel like it. That is such a revelatory. Imagine her in this test, and he says, Hey, can I have a drink of water, please? And she says, I don't feel like it. Not her. That might be why sometimes connections are a problem. It's because you're trying to feel yourself into it rather than throw some character into it. Ooh, that's hard on me too. Don't feel yourself into things. You need to discipline decisions, you need to discipline appetites and you need to discipline your words. Whew, this is big today. Uh, words are getting more and more graphic, and they are being used more and more often, and they are being used in very negative and abusive ways. Abusive language is the, is the language of, of an abusive heart. Angry language is the language of an angry heart. You need to discipline your words. He needed to, if you read the story, you'll see it. He needed to discipline his words. He used really a lot of wisdom with Rebecca's parents because she was just a young lady. And he's going to like ask, he's going to ask the parents to say, yeah, she can go to another country. She's going to uh, go to another place and with you and, and be a wife to somebody we've never met He had to use a lot of wisdom with his words. He disciplined his words. That was sort of my wife's journey, by the way. She left Winnipeg, and then we were in turning up in uh, helping out up in Manning. She left Winnipeg and went to Manning. She was 18. I was 16. Okay, a little bad math there. I was 21. She was 18. The parents never once sat me down and said, I really think you should try and live in Winnipeg here. They're godly. They're they're godly people. they were godly people. Decisions, appetites, words, discipline, time. You have to discipline time. He had to discipline time. They were saying, hang around for 10 days. Thank you for the gifts. He gave them gifts. Thank you for the gifts, but we need to consider this. Hang around for a couple for about ten days, and he said, "Don't delay me now that you have decided to that that she she should come uh, with me." So what they did, they brought her in and said, uh, "Do you want to go with him like today?" Rebecca said, I, "I will go." Boy, this girl had some content right through, right through. So did the family. And so did Aliazar. Discipline, changes will be needed. decisions, appetites, words, time. What will it cost me? Well, it cost him those gifts he brought. It cost him, and it cost him to risk failure. What if he didn't find? It? In fact, he asked Abraham, "What if I go and I find a right the girl, but the family won't let her come?" Abraham said, then, here's the deal you are free from your promise to me, your vow to me. Because he had to actually put his hand under his hip, which was a way of a vow while he was sitting, and, and, and make a vow that he would carry this out. And, he, and Abraham said, you'll be free from your vow. What will it cost you? Risk, dealing with your fears. It will cost you the best of what you've got to get the best that God has. You can't give God second best or things you want to throw away, or are you ready to give, to, give or to goodwill? He gets the best or he gets nothing. You want to live successfully? I guarantee you, that is a fundamental. You recognize that God is asking the best from you, not just anything, the best. your best time. Your best energy, your best words, your best appetite management, your best decisions. He's looking for the best. And what will it cost you? It's going to cost you, I guarantee you. It's going to cost you the best that you've got to have God's best. But God's best so outstrips the best that you could provide for yourself or try and hang on for. It's going to cost you. Who do I need? Final question. Who do I need to form a team with? You know, personal goals, it's not so personal. If they're not shared in energy, you're not going to get there. You're going to need massive amounts of encouragement and wisdom and friendship as you go towards goal achievement. When you set goals... You must be willing to move outside your own zone and form the right teams. So if you want to drop 10 pounds uh, in the next couple months, you're going to have to ask yourself that kind of question. So who do I need on my team? What kind of team do I need? Yeah, do you need on your team, oh man, I just had the best chocolate bar and they got a sale on them down over here and it's like, this is not a team member for you. I want our relationship to be stronger in 30 days. Oh man, what do you, why do you put up with her or with him? Why are you putting up with him? Why are you? You don't want them on your team. Who do you want on your team? You want on your team the ones that are going to own the goal with you and understand what they need to do, which is to bring the encouragement and support that you need. But you're the only one that can do the thing of faith. You're the only one that can take the small steps. You need people to walk with you and there may be change-ups in that as you go further in the journey, but you need to inventory who you got beside you. More people are spoiled in their goal setting and not achieving it by the team that they form than maybe anything else. Once they've set a goal, they just kind of keep people around them that aren't really goal-oriented or taking steps in their life and they're even resisting your change because it's like you're, doing what they should be. Have you ever found people don't like you doing what they should be doing? Unless, of course, it's your brother or sister doing the work for you. But, you need people that are gonna really encourage you and strengthen you in your goals. What are your goals? What is your goal relationally right now? Do you have a team around you? Just one even, one, that you know They are not going to say, take the easy way out. Oh, live for your own comfort. Don't put up with it anymore. Focus on the other person, not on you. No, you don't need those kind of people. You really don't. You need people that are going to stand with you, own your goal, and bring the best that they got to support you in it. Wednesday night, we're going to dive deeper. We may even get to actually setting some goals so that you can set some goals in some areas that we will specify that you can look at. Because this is so incredibly important for us to create forward movement. Do not try to live a great life out of neutral. It isn't available to you. You can't live a great family life out of neutral. You cannot live a great financial life out of neutral. You cannot live a great health life out of neutral. You cannot live the fullness that God's got for you, the plan that He's got for you, out of neutral. He wants the best you got, so then you get His best. Would you stand with me, please? Okay, pick an area. Got it? Pick an area. Where's, this, where, where's, where's the hottest place right now that you need to apply some goal setting? You've thought about it? You've thought about it. you thought about it. But you haven't pulled it into that commitment goal setting stage. And then after that, going into the, reaching the goal itself. Take this set of questions and start applying it to it. Meditate it out. You can have a great plan just by sitting down for an hour and take a look at it. The financials, the relationship, the health. You can have a great plan and then you can start building how to reach it and you begin to build the things that you need ending up with a great team that can stand with you, just one other person. It's really... uh, What does it say, folks? Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one because if one falls down... There's another one to help lift them up. Father, as we bow our heads before you, thank you that you are a God that doesn't sit in neutral. You're constantly trying to move us forward because you're moving forward. And Father, you're moving forward with the plan for our life and we're getting a little bit behind in ways. Because we think about it, we ponder it, but we don't move into commitment and goals. I'll break us out of that. May today something just grab our souls a little differently and, and get rid of the doldrums around our life. We've got such potential. It's just sitting here. It's just waiting. It's, it's in neutral, but it, 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 it's ready to get investments going here. Father, I thank you that in every person here, there is something more to be achieved and done starting with today and I ask that your Holy Spirit will bring each one to that kind of committed goal setting phase and that they will begin to set some goals small steps as we go along how to reach them in small steps but we set the goals may those goals be big enough to stretch us may those goals be big enough that they're a little bit bigger than us even And it will require you. Help us to move against fears and to see the value of us taking charge and saying with God's help, with God's leading, with God's power, I'm breaking out of the bubble of loneliness. I'm breaking out of the trap of neutral in all these other areas. I'm getting out of it. Give us that kind of strength. Because without faith, it is impossible to please you. Forever comes to you must believe that you exist and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Help us to choose that diligence in our faith today. In Christ's name, we pray, and all God's people said. Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.